Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. some news on high school football the nfl is happening it's taking place it's going to look a little bit different we know that so that's the story going into the fall with high school football delayed a bit in some parts uh california delaying it all the way to the spring uh, some communities here in northeast florida delaying it a couple of weeks georgia delaying their games a couple of weeks as an entire state we wait and wait and wait now on college football and i don't mind that uh that's okay uh we need some more time in some of these instances uh big 10 has said hey conference only games uh, but big 12 acc sec kind of saying hey let's wait till the end of the month and and we still have a few more days on the calendar until we get there tomorrow could be a big day with a meeting in the ncaa on at least some precedent set on on what could follow after that they're not going to basically say hey You can't play, you can play, but other sports they could do that too. And what does that do to dictate what might happen in the Power Five in general when it comes to football? Listen, we know there are a lot of unanswered questions, but what's an update? We've kind of just been laying low on the college football front, and there are some huge games coming up right at the outset of this college football season. Three of them, by the way, in eight days up in Atlanta with the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. West Virginia, Florida State, Saturday, September 5th. Virginia, Georgia, Monday, September 7th. North Carolina, Auburn on September 12th. It was supposed to be of historic proportions. Will it still be? <laughs> this man certainly wants to know. And uh, Gary Stoken joins us. He is the CEO of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Joins Brent Morton along with former Jags player Austin Lane right here in Jacksonville at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hi, Gary. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, friend. I hope you and your family are healthy and safe. Well, they certainly are, and I hope the same to you and everybody up there uh, in the Atlanta area. Well, I just said it, uh, three games that we would love to see as football fans. You would love to host up there in Atlanta, but a lot of unknowns. Can you give us the latest from your standpoint on those football games that include Florida State? Well, you're exactly right. We don't know what uh, the conference offices will suggest, certainly the uh, big and the Pac-12 have made their decisions to play conference only, and we hope that's not the case with ACC, SEC, and Big 12. If that is the case, we would lose all uh, all three of the Chick-fil-A kickoff games. If there's conference plus one game, then we would lose Florida State to play Florida and Georgia to play Georgia Tech, and in that case, we would put Virginia against West Virginia and then Auburn against North Carolina and only have two Chick-fil-A kickoff games. Uh, If they go conference plus two games, then we'll have all three Chick-fil-A kickoff games as scheduled. Well, that's great. Uh, Right at the outset, laying it out like that. We appreciate that. Gary Stoken uh, from the Chick-fil-A, I'm sorry, from uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl uh, CEO joined us. And and I want to go over that again, if you don't mind. I I know you just said that. 
uh, but I think it's important to our listeners to kind of hear that one more time because there's so much on the table. Some have said conference only. Some have said conference plus one. And in that situation, if it's conference plus one, you just said you'd lose Florida State and Georgia out of the mix, but you'd put West Virginia against Virginia and have North Carolina Auburn. Did I hear that correctly? That's correct. And then if you get conference only plus two, well, then we could see all three of these games still happen. Obviously, I would say that's what you're rooting for, uh, but with science and, and everybody's health in mind. Well, most definitely. The priority and, and what's paramount in the conference commissioner's mind, all the ADs, uh, us, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, everybody involved in college football is – what is uh, the right thing to do safety-wise? And I think that's what the uh, deliberation is with the conference commissioners now. They've told us that they'll come out at the end of July with uh, some declaration as to what kind of conference or what kind of schedule they're going to play as well as when they're going to play it. Uh, there's been talk about starting in September as normal or pushing back to October or, worst-case scenario, pushing back to either January or March in the, in, uh, in the springtime, in wintertime. Um, and we hope, obviously, that uh, we can play September 5th, September September 12th, all three games in a week, which has never been done in college football history. Uh, so my, uh, my staff told me I was crazy scheduling these three games, and now they know I'm crazy <laughs> with COVID-19 on top of it. <laughs> Well, and Gary, and we, we talk about these three games. We're talking about more than one conference. And obviously right now in the landscape of college football, each conference appears to be doing things their own way. From your position, that's got to make things mighty hard when you have two conferences playing in one game against each other. So I guess my question to you is, like, how privileged are you with these conference meetings? I mean, are you right there uh, having the dialogue with the conferences? Or are you kind of like the last to know type of guy, which obviously can make your job pretty hard? Well, I guess we're both. We're not in the meetings that they're having, but what we've done is when we learned that the Big 12 or Pac-12 and the Big 10 were going to go conference games only, we said, well, we better provide some solutions or suggestions to the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, or else we're not going to have any games. So we went through the schedules and looked and saw that, you know, Alabama, Texas A&M, uh, would lose Texas a would lose Colorado and Alabama would lose uh, SC, USC. So they would need games. So we suggested Alabama go play Notre Dame and Texas A&M play TCU. The rest of the game, we know that the ACC and the SEC, there are four ADs at uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, Florida, Florida State, Louisville and Kentucky, and Clemson and South Carolina that want to play that rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know there's four ADs in ACC and SEC that are pushing for at least conference plus one game. And then when you look at the other games, you've got some interesting matchups with uh, Mississippi State, NC State, LSU, Texas, uh, Ole Miss, uh, 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 Baylor, uh, Auburn, North Carolina in our game. So there's some other, Tennessee, Oklahoma, there's some really good games between Big 12 and SEC or SEC, ACC, but those ADs want to play those games. So that's why we've pushed kind of 
the agenda of playing conference plus one or conference plus two, and we've been told by the conference commissioners they'll take it under advisement. Certainly they're smart enough, and they've talked about numerous, numerous scenarios, more than what I've presented to you. And we'll just have to wait and see and at the end of July which direction they want to go. Gary Stoken with us, CEO and president uh, of the Peach Bowl. And and uh, Atlanta has been such a hotbed for college football and some of these big games. I was up there for Florida State, Alabama a couple years ago when that kicked off the season, which was uh, obviously tremendous hype in that game. Unfortunately, uh, in that game, that was DeAndre Francois, I remember, uh, got injured in that game for the Seminoles. Uh, Gary, how much is tomorrow's NCAA Board of Governors meeting? Uh, Dennis Dodd and CBS put out a report just before our show uh, took the air today uh, that they're going to meet and vote tomorrow on some of the fall sports. Could that be a domino in all this? Do you have your eyes on that? Yeah, your opening was uh, right on. Uh, The NCAA Board of Governors can elect to decide to play uh, no fall championships, which would include football, and we wouldn't have college football in the fall. Um, Shane Lyons, who is athletic director of West Virginia, who's playing in our game, but also chairman of the football NCAA Football Oversight Committee, has written a letter to the NCAA Board of Governors, which are the presidents, suggesting that if they uh, can hold off on making a decision on college football for a couple reasons. Number one is I think the commissioners of those three leagues, the ACC, SEC, and Big 12, really want to get some more data points and information regarding the uh, uh, situation. Uh, The pro teams, as you know, are starting to compete. Uh, The college uh, football teams have just gone on campus to uh, practice on the field. They've been there a little while conditioning, but now they're starting to get on the field. They want to see what happens there. I think they want to see what happens when the students come back on campus and gain as much data and information as they can before they have to make a decision. Because, And the second reason is college football, for most of these institutions, is 85% of their budget. So when you're talking about, in the case of Texas or Alabama or Georgia, people that have like a $200 million budget, 85% of their budget comes through college football. So not to have college football and all the TV revenues, et cetera, that come in would be devastating. We've already seen Stanford lose 11 sports, 22 coaches, and 224 scholarship athletes in cutting back uh, their athletic program. So it's uh, it's pretty important that uh, we have college football either this this fall or at, at the worst in the springtime financially for these institutions. Absolutely, Gary Stoken with us. Uh, fantastic information, by the way. We appreciate you being on, Gary, from up at the Peach Bowl, CEO and president up there in Atlanta. And and uh, if you have to run, let us know. But I'd like to keep you for a couple more quick ones, if you don't mind, because uh, the information is is tremendous. Uh, can you sure, guys play? The, can you guys play these games without fans? Uh, does that make an impact uh, uh, from an economic standpoint? Uh, this this opener, say they did, you get all three in, but you're not allowed to have fans or limited fans. How much does that impact what you're trying to do? Is there still value because of the TV exposure? Yeah, another great question. Obviously, in our business model with the uh, kickoff games, we only receive revenue from tickets and from sponsorships. And um, all the TV money 
is packaged by the conferences in their deals with their TV networks. So uh, if we were not to have any revenue coming in for tickets, we could not put these games on, and we'd have to go back to the athletic directors and suggest to them we have to cancel. If they wanted to play the game, they could play it on either one of the school's campuses. Interesting. Gary Stoken with us uh, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. There's a lot of dominoes in all of this that could fall over the next week or so as soon as tomorrow, but probably by the end of July uh, for all of college football, but especially these big games that we've grown accustomed to and absolutely love to kick off the season. And Atlanta and the, the Peach Bowl and Chick-fil-A, they've got three good ones to right off the rip. West Virginia, Florida State on September 5th. Virginia, Georgia, Monday, September 7th. North Carolina, Auburn, September 12th. Let me ask you from a Florida State perspective. Let's just say they go conference only plus one, and therefore Florida State's not playing up there in Atlanta this year. Do you try to get them back the following year or, or when there's a gap in your your calendar? Uh, is there a makeup uh, clause at all? What would uh, be the future of Florida State playing up there in Atlanta in the near future? Well, we'd love to have Florida State back up here. We, uh, As you mentioned, uh, in 2017, we had the greatest opener of all time with Alabama, number one against Florida State, number three. And uh, just to give you an idea of how important these uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff games are and how they've changed the face of college football. That year, Alabama won the game, did not win their SEC conference, but got into the playoff because the selection committee looked at their schedule, and that Alabama-Florida State game put Alabama over the top. That year, Alabama won the national championship. Mm -hmm. You can see how important the, the data points of one of these big non-conference uh, wins can be. And so in our case, you know, Florida State would love to get them back up here, but uh, looking at what athletic directors are doing now, they, they are scheduling more home-and-homes with big-time schools. Uh, Florida State is Alabama. We, we were trying to get that game done uh, and thought we had it done, but they decided to go home-and-home. That was, uh, I think, the athletic directors are perceiving that after 25-26, when this current contract is up, that there could be expansion to the playoff, and they could still get in the playoff if they lost a conference game and a tough non-conference game and, and were 10-2 and two and could get in that large bid. Secondly, they're looking at their home schedules and saying, we've got to keep our fans coming to our campus for their donations, their tickets, their merchandise, the concessions, etc., and so they've made their home uh, home season ticket uh, base happy with scheduling some of these home and homes. So, for those two reasons, it's tougher and tougher to get the Florida States back uh, in future years to our Chick Fil A kickoff game. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And these calendars get filled up uh, so quickly in college football. Gary Stoken uh, from the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, CEO, president with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Fantastic information in unprecedented times around the college football season. Uh, Atlanta has become a hotbed. Uh, Jacksonville, obviously, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, 
Florida, Georgia, trying to get some neutral site games along the way, and they have had that uh, most recently. I think the most recent one, Notre Dame Navy, uh, here in Jacksonville. The how much has that stadium helped Atlanta? Atlanta is obviously a fantastic city anyway, College Football Hall of Fame right there. Uh, but how much has that stadium helped you guys and draw some of these games and these big neutral site games? And I guess kind of to piggyback, and I know you're not here to promote Jacksonville necessarily. We kind of wonder how much will building up downtown Jacksonville help uh, secure maybe some of these kind of games in the future in college football? Well, I I think the world of Rick Catlett and the Gator Bowl Committee and what they've done and the success they've had, he does a great job. And uh, certainly to have the Georgia-Florida game, which I have tried to pull out of Jacksonville, very honestly, and tried to get at least one out of four years to Atlanta, and been very unsuccessful in a large part due to the great job that Jacksonville and Rick Catlett and, and their team does. Um, certainly we're, we've had a focus to make Atlanta the capital of college football. We went out and recruited the College Football Hall of Fame and built it and moved it to Atlanta. We've started these kickoff games, which have been followed by uh, Dallas, Houston, Charlotte, and, Atlanta, and uh, Orlando. Um We've moved up to the CFP now. Uh, we now have the best stadium in the world in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So uh, all that plus the corporate support that we get from the likes of Chick-fil-A, who's a great partner, um, that's helped us become, in, in some people's mind in the media, the capital of college football. Um, so we've had a real focus on that, knowing that college football is so preeminent in Atlanta and the southeast that uh, – it's been important to us to schedule these games. And if you look for reality check, in Atlanta, which is the third largest convention town in the United States, uh, this year six of eight of the top conventions in the city of Atlanta would have been sports. <laughs> we had the Final Four in March, which we lost due to COVID-19. Um, we had three Chick-fil-A kickoff games, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, and the SEC Championship game. So, that's how important sports is, and particularly college football, to the third largest convention town in the United States. How about that? Gary Stoken with us. And, Gary, I want to say I love you for all this information. You've been fantastic, and I appreciate it. But I'll love you more if you don't take that darn Florida-Georgia game out of Jacksonville now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I can be successful doing that. I've tried and I've tried, but Georgia and Florida love going down there. It's a great tradition for college football, and, and it should continue down there. Uh, absolutely. Gary Stoken, let me ask you one last one, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to give you a hypothetical, and I know most people don't like to work in hypotheticals, but I, I think this one will be a fair one. Because of the New Year's Six Bowl games and, and your affiliation, college football playoff-wise, if they were to delay significantly enough or move, potentially, uh, which I think is a last resort, to the spring of some kind, would you guys be able to house one of those big games at the end of the year from a scheduling standpoint? Have you gotten that far down the road? Sure. And and I want to compliment you. This has been a great interview with great questions. Uh, I've been on the, the last two weeks doing uh, interviews, and this has been uh, one of the best. Uh, so I compliment you with your questions. Um, each uh, week on Friday, the New Year Six uh, CEOs, the six of us, uh, do a conference call and talk through, through a lot of issues, particularly this year. Uh, we stay in touch and contact and 
uh, talk regularly to Bill Hancock, the CFP executive director. What we've all agreed is that whether it's uh, January 1st, which is when we play this year, leading into the Rose and Sugar, which are the semifinal games, or if we have to move back two, three weeks, or if they move the schedule to starting in March and we have to play in May, that uh, we will do whatever we need to do to help the presidents and the college conference commissioners uh, and the CFP to put on uh, our bowl season. Uh, and uh, we've also told the uh, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, that we should we have to remain flexible. Uh, kickoff games could get moved back to October. The season could get moved back uh, to January, so the bowl game could be pushed back. And we have assurances with our good partnership with Mercedes-Benz Stadium that we'll have the dates necessary to play either Chick-fil-A kickoff games or Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl whenever. Very good information from Gary Stoken, CEO and President of the Chick-fil-A kickoff series coming up uh, hopefully in September. September 5th, West Virginia, Florida State, Virginia, Georgia, Monday, September 7th, North Carolina, Auburn, Saturday, September 12th. Hey, it's been fantastic visiting with you. Let's do it again, Gary. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Let's uh, talk some college football hopefully in a few weeks when we know when the season's going to start. That would be fantastic. Best to your family and everybody up there in Atlanta. We appreciate your time, Gary, and uh, really appreciate the transparency there and giving us and shedding some light on what's going on right now and where they sit because uh, it's a tough situation to be in. Uh, you know, you really have to. He used the word flexible, and I think that's kind of like the word of the year, right? Uh, in 2020, everybody has to be flexible to some degree, adapt, and their willingness to do that uh, could be huge. Uh, that was really interesting uh, on a couple of fronts, by the way. If you just jumped in late with Gary Stoken, CEO and president uh, of the Peach Bowl and, and Chick-fil-A kickoff series that Atlanta is hosting. A few things got my attention. One, he tried to pull that game, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, Florida game out of Jacksonville once every four years and hasn't been able to do it. So nope. nice job sitting in Jacksonville. Yeah, but I probably appreciate him sharing that. That's pretty cool. And... Right off the rip, he mentioned the scenarios, and I had him repeat it just to make sure I was right. But I think that's where it's really interesting. Could you see the kickoff series, these three games, and by the way, a lot more, in a full slate of college football if they push back to October or if they were to push back to January or March or something where they kick this thing off and play a full season, just sliding it. Now, the other option and maybe more likely option that we're getting from other conferences and, and kind of the buzz around college football is to take away a lot of the non-conference games. Mm-hmm. Big Ten says conference only. If everybody else falls in line with that, well, then these kickoff games will be gone and a lot of money gone. The other option or one of the options, conference only plus one. Well, if that were to be the case, Florida State would not play in this kickoff series because that plus one would be against Florida in the rivalry game. But I love what they've done there. They said, hey, West Virginia and Virginia – you guys match up since Florida State's not going to be able to play, and Georgia's going to have to play Georgia Tech. So we've got a natural game. Instead of three, we'll do two. Yeah. And therefore, that other third game would be North Carolina-Auburn. Then he said, hey, we could have all three if we do conference only plus two. And there's a lot of folks pushing for that because, obviously, there's dollars on the line. They'd like to get ten games in as well, and those games could mean a lot maybe for a potential postseason, and helping you if you lost the game somewhere along the way. A lot of dominoes to fall, and I also appreciate his transparency about, hey, we make our money with the tickets. Mm -hmm. So there's 
there are two things they're keeping an eye on in these games and in college football. And I think it's clear as day. One is, what does the schedule look like? What are they going to be allowed to do? Are they going to be allowed to have anything outside of conference games? Will the thing just slide? And then the second part of it is, will we be allowed to have fans of any capacity or all capacity? And that could really dictate just how much they're able to pull games like this off or potentially send them back onto college campuses. So there's a lot riding on these decisions over the next week or so. Well, I'll tell you what, based on these decisions, though, and talking to Gary, I like that there are a couple plans in place, and there are fallback plans in case the worst-case scenario happens. That's what we want to hear about right now in college football. It's the fact that you're doing your due diligence, and there are backup plans in in place just in case things fall through. So I like that a lot. Yeah, good stuff uh, from Gary Stoken. We appreciate the folks at uh, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and and the kickoff series for – uh, jumping on for a little bit. Probably kept them longer than he had hoped, but uh, I really thought the information was good. And a shout out, out to you for the quality of the interview. Oh, oh, he's he's well, calling you out with uh, a, a way, big uh, flags for Brent. Yeah, did you, um, <laughs> can you please save that for a that's, future promo? Uh, that's going to be this the soundbite coming back in the show, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, every, I'm just checking one. out this Kraken logo over here and seeing what's, <laughs> what's the shape of it and what it means and everything. So, yeah, well, uh, that's a good interview, though, man. I, I, that's nicely done. It's, it's interesting, too, because what we haven't talked about a lot around here. Uh, let's push off for the moment Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. That's yeah. so far down the road, it seems like. And let's be honest, the bigger thing is this Florida-Georgia game, Georgia-Florida game, whatever side you're on. I, I also thought it was pretty good that he said Georgia-Florida. He's up in Atlanta. You, you know say Georgia-Florida if you're living up there. You know what's uh, up. But we have not talked a lot about that. Uh, I think it was Scott Strickland, yes, from uh, Florida, the AD. He was on recently on a Zoom call when asked about that, said they hadn't been that far down the road on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anything is you know, determined or even contingencies yet. Mm-hmm. But it's a sincere interest point is if the season goes along, Florida and Georgia conference only, they'll play each other. Will they play each other in Jacksonville? Is it worth putting the game on in Jacksonville, to Gary's point, what he just said about Atlanta, if you're not going to have fans in there? If you're not going to have fans, do they move it back to one of the campuses? And then is there a makeup on the other end, if you play it in Athens, do you eventually have to make play it next year in Gainesville so Jacksonville misses out on two years of it? There's a lot of things. Now, again, these are all hypotheticals, well, yeah. but that's a, a game that we haven't talked a lot about that will get some attention based off this decision coming up over the next couple of weeks. And to me, I mean, depending once again what happens, though, but... I would just do a coin flip. Either you play it in Florida or Georgia, but we talked about that it. That ain't going to fly. But if, there, if, there, if there's no fans, though, there's no home field advantage. So what's the point? I mean, as far as the travel is concerned, it's not that bad, so you're going to be okay. So, like, I'm, I'm not for, all right, so say you play at Florida this year, you play at Georgia in a year to come or so. Like, no, I'm not a fan of that because at the end of the day, there is no home field advantage more than likely. So well, what's the point? It's a good point. Yeah. I just wonder, given the, the rivalry nature of it, yeah. and I wonder, given the – well, we had to fly down to your place, and we had to stay in the visiting locker rooms and stay in a hotel and that kind. Of, well, you have to return the favor at some point. How about we do this? You you get, use the home team's locker room. Uh, so if you go to Florida, Florida has to use the away locker rooms. Georgia gets the home locker rooms, and there you go. Everyone's happy. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, listen. Like, listen I guess that's the moral of my story. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Yeah. It's not where it usually lands. Well, no, I hear you, man. It's just like, <laughs> listen, what, what do you want? Like, times are tough right now. It's not obviously normal. I understand people are going to be upset, but to me, there's no home field advantage, so it's not that big a deal. I, I will say this. If we can host UFC here in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and potentially the RNC, mm-hmm. just to stick with letters, yeah. we can host <laughs> UFV UGA. There you go. 
Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Whether it's fans or not. Yeah. Uh, I think we could still host it. Without a doubt. We just can't do our show from RV City, most likely. <sighs> it's gonna be a, don't even tell me that, Brent. That's a bummer. Well, 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 slow, slow your roll now. I'm checking that slingshot back. Just because they're back. not selling tickets to the game doesn't mean RV City's not going to happen. Yeah, you want to talk about social distancing? Can you imagine the tailgate? Yeah. yeah. Uh, can Can you imagine trying to tell the city of Jacksonville that that's not going to happen? Peak season. Can you imagine the phone calls we'd get from up north? Spike City, baby. Let's How get it. How you guys doing down Spike there? Spike City. All right. Hey, uh, it's baseball season, and there's breaking news in Major League Baseball. We have our picks coming up. Better believe it. And now we can almost not miss. What? I'll explain. Okay. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. There's still a season. Okay. For now. Okay. Let's get game one in the books. Okay. Okay. It's coming up on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Call your sons, call your daughters, call your friends, call your neighbors. Mark Burley has a perfect game going to the ninth. That ball hit deep in the left center field. Wise back, back. Makes a catch! What a play! Wise makes a catch! What a play by Wise! Mercy! A great catch! By Dwayne Wise! Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley. And what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. Didn't Mark Burley throw, like, complete game and a no-hitter? I, I feel like he's had a couple of them. You know, like, all of a sudden, like, a big White Sox guy over there. Uh, they've, they've had some great sound bites for me. This came back from uh, 2009, <laughs> this week in history, and uh, Burley had a perfect game and a home run. You know, hey. it's, it, it doesn't get better than that. Uh-huh. I had a White Sox fan at my house today, Adam, uh, so that's for him. We'll tell him that's for him. Like New it. listener to the show, by the way. Uh, after I told him to listen to the dang show. You better. That's right. Did you tell him or did you threaten him? I love both. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had, didn't you run into somebody recently? Like an Amazon driver? Oh, yeah, man. So uh, last week I had to pick my son up from BPK, and we stopped at the, at the gate gas station, and all of a sudden, like... A little bit better dad duty than watching a wrestler take out his eye. I mean, you know, it, it's got to <laughs> give and take, right? I pick him up from BPK, and then we watch wrestling lose an eye. I mean, it happens, man, all right? <laughs> Yeah, you have to take the good with the bad, good with the bad. But uh, yeah, so I'm okay. So here's gas. the thing, Junior. They talk start talking smack to you. You just hook the finger like this, and exactly. then watch out plays out. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm pumping gas and everything, and this Amazon truck driver pulls up next to me, and he goes, "Hey, Austin." So I thought it was like somebody that I knew, but I don't know if that drives a truck or anything like that. So I'm like, I kind of look over, and you know, out of curiosity, he's like, "Hey, man." And I thought it was going to be like, hey, I like you, you know, I like you fighting or I like you play for the Jaguars. But he's like, ESPN 690, man, every single day I listen to that. And that gets me through the day. I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. And I'm like, dang, man, I appreciate it. And I asked him, how do you listen to us? And he listens to us on the radio. And it was, uh, we had like a cool, like two minute conversation. I'm sure he's listening right now. Unfortunately, didn't get his name. He was kind of in a rush. But then I get back in the car and my son's like, Dada, who was that? I'm like, 
you know what, man? I have no idea. He's like, well, is that your friend? I'm like, oh, no, I, I just met him today. But he's like, well, he seemed like he liked you, so he's your friend now. I'm like, you know what, Ronan? He is my friend now. So, yeah, so shout out to that guy. Real ESPN yeah. heroes. <laughs> so go ahead and uh, shout out to that dude from um, from, from the Amazon truck driving him around. I'm sure he's listening to us right now. Thank Mr. you for Amazon your support. Amazon truck driver, shout out. <laughs> By the way, another shout out to uh, Adams from Middleburg area and ESPN 690 Signal. All the way out to Middleburg, free nice. and clear, baby. Nice. I mean, you got to love that. The White Sox, who he's a fan of, Yeah. Uh, I didn't have the heart to tell him my daughter's a Cub fan, Cubs fan. Um, I wanted I wanted the, everything I wish to go smoothly. And I wish you wouldn't tell me that either because I just you know how I feel about that. I don't bro. know. Kaylee jumped on the Cubs the bandwagon big time. Can, well, by the way, they can won you ask, it. Yeah, of course. Like when people uh, – no, not even right when they won. Okay. I think she's kind of like in the stage of Chris Bryant is cute. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Total girl thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotcha. Uh, I yeah, think yeah. it's more that. Fair enough. But our house is interesting. I'm a Red Sox guy. Mm-hmm. Ty's a Rays fan. Yeah, I remember we told like me that. Like legit Rays fan. One, one of three in Jacksonville. Yeah, Good for him. One of three everywhere. <laughs> Kaylee's a Cubs fan. Yeah. And Steph is from Columbus, Ohio, and is a Reds fan. A lot of intriguing teams this year. A lot of intriguing teams. You, you don't like half my family. I'm a majority of them, I guess, yeah. I mean, listen. Cubs you, and Reds well, in your same division. And, and, and Ty, to be fair, I mean, listen. Well, you know, I, I like him anyway. I mean, uh, no way. Well, I, mean, I, like Ty. I, I don't mind the Rays at all, but he had that little Murray State comment a couple years ago that has <laughs> been tattooed in my mind. Some when people he was, never forget. Well, when he was picking out his brackets and everything. So, yeah, I haven't forgotten about that either. So, yeah, man, you're, right now, uh, your family's kind of batting, I guess, 250. Because I don't mind the Red Sox. Red Sox are cool. So, you, you guys are batting 250 right now as, as a Martin O'Clan, let's just say. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not good. Yeah. And it's Thankfully, you. you're Thankfully the one. You're, I, yeah. I'm the one you have to spend the most time with. Yeah, you know, and I don't mind the I Red think Sox. I feel I got to spend the most time with them. That's rough, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's rough. Actually, though, Steph's uh, MVP of the day. Okay. Because usually on Thursdays I bring the equipment, the yeah, TV equipment do. back up. Yep. Uh, because we're doing the TV shows from the house. Mm-hmm. And at like 2.15, I actually told Marcel, I'm like, I text him, I was like, oh, man, I almost forgot about it, but I'll pack it up and bring it. Usually pretty good. Well, Steph's tire is going bad. Adam's mm-hmm. over helping us out to fix, a, fix the little eye, yep. making it look good. I got a lot going on, trying to get out of the house, trying to be on time. Yeah. And uh, totally forgot. Like, to the point I forget. You know, like, if you forget your phone, usually by the time you end up down the end of the neighborhood, you remember. Correct. Or sometimes you'll even be like, oh, my gosh, you'll be like five, seven minutes down the road and you forget. No, I totally forgot to the point where it never even registered I forgot to bring the stuff, even though a half hour earlier I had texted Marcel until I saw Marcel in the parking lot (laughs) and forgot. Well, George Washington's got to do TV tonight. Mm -hmm. So I had to somehow get the equipment to him, and I just FaceTimed Steph, and she wrapped up all the equipment. And yep. she's going to bring it up here, and uh, we're going to have some TV Hall on CBS Famer, 47 man. and Fox 30. That's what she does. She's not a Hall of Famer for nothing. Yeah. Clutch players, man. That's where it matters. Absolutely. Better believe it. Uh, all right. Uh, baseball is, exp- well, maybe expanding the playoffs. The players have voted to an approval for that. Yeah. Do you like the idea of this 60-game season and the uh, the expanded playoffs where more teams will make it? Kind of a little bit like what they've done in the NBA to to mm-hmm. to give a little bit more of a chance for other teams. Do you like it? Um 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's more baseball games, so why not? Obviously, if you're coming from, like, the NL Central, you got to like that. I think if you're coming from the NL East, you got to like that as well. So I think the more teams getting in, it's probably the best way to do it this year in terms of baseball because what, what do we talk about, Brent? Usually when you have a 100-and-something, you know, 62-game season, well, you can get a good feeling of who the best teams are. But in the shortened season of 60 games – Who's to say the best teams even get in the playoffs, right? So this kind of allows more teams to get in, and it kind of shakes things out a little bit. So I, I do like that rule. So Buster only saying this interesting wrinkle in the 16-team playoff format. All second-place teams in the six divisions qualify. Then the seventh and eighth teams will be chosen by best record among teams. I like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You like that? Well, once again. Coming from the NL Central, I like that. Yeah, yes. it's, a, it's a competitive division. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. I don't mind. Hey, listen, you know what? It's a wacky year. Try everything. How about the DH in the National League? You're Love a National it. League guy. You like it? Love it. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, I get it for, for the history of baseball and the tradition of baseball. But to me, Brent, and I get it, there's always the outliers out there, but it's an easy out, you know, if you don't use that DH. So I do like the DH. I think it makes it fair. I think it makes the games more interesting, more entertaining, and it's not that easy out that you're accustomed to now. Here's something interesting. Uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I'm a traditionalist in baseball. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like the amount of replay we have in baseball. I really don't. I I, I think the idea, and uh, you listening, Jack Stan, I hope you are, but I think the idea of an electronic strike zone is asinine, stupid, dumb, (laughs) ridiculous, all all, all of those things, and and words I can't say. Sure, sure. But I'm okay with this, And, and again, I say this a lot. My kids are a great barometer, and not just my kids, but I think their age group is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Here's what Tyett said to me months ago. He's like, why don't both leagues have the DH? Mm-hmm. There you Kaylee, go. Kaylee, last night, last night, dinner table. Maybe she never used to say this because we hardly ever ate dinner before the pandemic together, <laughs> but now we do. Uh, good old she said, family quality time. She said, why haven't they always had it that way? There you go. Enough said. So both of my kids yep. in the last few months said, why do pitchers hit? That's the future. So there you go. And I actually had to explain to them that, hey, like 19, was 74 or 78, 74, I think it is, when the DH was, was born even in the American League. So they didn't quite understand the why is there even a difference, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I thought it was interesting. And it will tell you about the kind of audience that Major League Baseball wants. The, the audience of 15 of year olds, the younger generation mm-hmm. is what they want. They want falling in love with baseball with all yeah. these young, talented players. But those same kids are asking, why are you having pitchers hit? Right. You know, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Why, why don't you just have the extra hitter? And that's the those are the kids they've got to win over. Those are the kids they want yeah, watching the game because, for a long, long time. Because regardless, we're not going anywhere, right? Like If you do have the mandatory DH, it's not like, oh, well, forget it now. You're going to cancel tradition, mandatory DH, I'm out of here. Baseball, I'm done. No one's going to do that, right? And if you can cater to the next generation, then you got to do it. I like Jax Dan a lot, but he just said robot umps now. And Jack Stan is like, listen, no, I like the fact I, he's I a Nats guy through and through, and I'm happy for him. He got a World Series. Yeah. He, he likes to play some golf. We've actually played together uh, before. I, I think uh, I, I love the fact that he's uh, given the show a try and, and uh, staying with us. There's a lot of things I like about Jack Stan. Not that robot ump. That robot ump is not one of the things. I'm with you on but that hey, one, man. we're not all perfect. That's, uh, hey, we, we all have our flaws. And I don't know Jack Stan personally, but... I'm not very impressed, uh, you know, when you say you want a robot ump. Just going to say that out You know, interesting uh, sidebar, by the way, with Major League Baseball is a lot of the umps did uh, 
you know, must Buster Posey, David Price, those guys said, hey, yeah. I'm not going to play. I opted out. Well, umpires opted out, too. Yeah. Uh, not all of them, but a lo- uh, few of them. Mm-hmm. I think even more than a few, like double digits, opted out because of coronavirus. Quick question before we get into our predictions. Juice baseballs. Are we going to see them again this year? I think I, I thought I saw something like as the actual baseball season was started before the pandemic that the baseballs were dialed back. Okay. I, I thought mm-hmm. I saw something. Okay. Uh, now, I don't know what that means now, but I, I also read something that pitchers even believe that this is going to be a year for the hitter, mm-hmm. not because of baseballs, but because they're a little uncertain if the pitchers are in the kind of form and shape, especially early on, that they should be. Correct. So don't expect to see, once again, this is a Vegas helper, mm-hmm. go over, right. run scored. I like it. But I got also a little Vegas helper for you. Do not bet on baseball. <laughs> it is hard to win on baseball. <laughs> If you bet on baseball and you take that minus 300 and or 320 with Garrett Cole on the mound, yeah, it's tough to get it back. <laughs> it's tough to get it back. I hear you, man. It's yeah. dangerous to bet on baseball. Well, especially like that's you, your PSA hey, for the day. Have you ever seen like the DraftKings and FanDuel of like MLB, dude? You want to talk about just throwing your money away because you have to pick every position, man. It's insane. I, I'll tell you this. I I did like fantasy. Um, and I'm gonna baseball. do it. And I'm gonna sign up for it tomorrow, so I can't wait. I played fantasy baseball. <laughs> did you back when I was in Albany? And yeah. I liked fantasy baseball. And I told you, I think probably told this story before. I'm not a big fantasy player at all. I I don't play fantasy football until we did it last year. Yeah. I'd probably taken don't, a decade off. Okay, but you were pretty into it last year. Oh yeah. Football. Well, okay. that's just because yeah. I want to beat you. Of course. Uh, well, but, it was a good try. But back in Albany, we did everything: mm-hmm. fantasy NASCAR, fantasy golf, fantasy baseball, Dang, fantasy basketball, NASCAR. fantasy football. Okay. We did it all. It okay. was it was too much. I got like overload. That's why I never did it again I for know. 10 years. Did, you, did your family ever see you, man? Uh, but the thing I liked about baseball, see, I, I'm a routine guy. Mm-hmm. And so when I get up in the morning, I'll go check out like ESPN.com. I'll check out my, my email. I'll check out uh, CBS Sports, out, whatever it might be. I used to read the paper, yeah. you know, at that time. <laughs> yeah. But I also would check my lineup every day. Well, the thing I don't like about football is I forget. It's not a routine. I'm not going on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday sure. to look at my lineup in football. Yeah. you got to remember to do it on Thursday and Saturday or mm-hmm. Sunday. Well, baseball, you knew you had to do it every day. And so uh, it just became part of my routine. So I felt it was easier. Yeah. Uh, so I actually enjoyed playing the fantasy baseball. I got you. A little bit. Well, um, hopefully you can have a little redemption this year for football. you got to know man. your weaknesses. You do. Uh, uh, one other thought topic. Uh, and heck, maybe we'll get into our predictions at some point. Yeah, we'll see. But I saw Jeff, Jeff Passan, in my opinion from ESPN, has become kind of a rock star mm-hmm. in the last six months. I, I knew a little bit about Jeff Passan, but didn't read him a lot and didn't know too much. Uh, you know, you kind of think of Buster only. Uh, you think of t- Verducci. Tim Kirchin. Kirchin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you all right? You yeah. want to go after it? I'm good right now. Yeah, you don't want to go after the Kirchin voice? I'm good. And you usually put you on the shelf for a week when you do a Kirchin voice. I know, man. My voice just goes. Maybe it's for Friday, so I have two days off. But I tell you, Passan, man, he's a... He's really good. Mm-hmm. He knows the stuff. Uh, he's just been tremendous. I really think he's been a rock star in this, and and I appreciate his work. I also appreciate his vocabulary because I go to the dictionary or Google <laughs> about three times every time I read his stuff. <laughs> For sure. But he said something really interesting in doing his baseball overview. I think it was yesterday, and I was reading it, and he said the biggest fear amongst major leaguers internally about COVID-19 is that these guys go chasing women. Mm. And so they don't stay in their mm-hmm. bubble. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Right? For sure. I, I mean, mean, listen, well, we've been around professional teams to know well, that there are visitors at hotels. Oh, without a doubt. On the road. Well, especially baseball, too, where there's a lot of traveling. There's a lot, a lot of free of travel. Time. Now, I, I don't want to snitch at anybody no, here. A lot you of know? young single guys, yeah. let's put it that well, way for honest. now. And, and let's take the women out real quick, but even going out to bars, just socializing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's big in baseball. Well, I think the thing about the bars and socializing, now I'm not saying that's not couldn't be a, a problem but you can almost like they allow that a little bit of that in clubhouses you know like you, you can oh yeah or you can do that at the hotel or yeah. you know you can go in a, a, whatever's room i think seriously you should read i mean there's a sincere concern a couple months into this mm-hmm. thing about guys really just chasing women on the road and yeah no and, i mean and contracted coronavirus because of that no and i hear you but i'm saying which is probably a legitimate concern no it's a legitimate concern i'm telling you man the the nightlife as well because i have it on good authority back in 2013 there was about four or five chicago cubs players out at a casino at about three o'clock in the morning um kind of outskirts of milwaukee and they had they had a game the next day at like one o'clock in the afternoon i have it on good authority let's just say so like players go out players want to have fun especially in baseball i think they get after it and yeah uh, God bless him for being able to get after it and then go hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Right? right? It's insane. It's a, it's, that's well, what do you say? Are. Work hard, play hard. And for those guys, I guess it's play hard, play harder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes Very good. Is. All right. Hey, we're going get to get to a break in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Let's go uh, real quick. Let's get some prediction in here. Okay. Where are we starting? Or what are Let's we doing? Let's go in the AL. What you got? AL Central. So listen, Brent, well, I, want- I started the AL East because Okay, well AL East then. Sorry, man. Uh AL East. Listen. No offense to the Red Sox. I don't see them doing it this year. All right. I think the Red Red Sox are gonna struggle. No offense taken. They're not gonna be very good. Sorry, Tampa Bay. I understand you have one of the best pitching rotations in all baseball. I get that. You're scrappy. Um you have a good infield. I'm taking the Yankees, though, man. Okay? I'm, I'm taking the long ball. I'm taking the judge. I'm ta- taking Stanton and spoiler. I think Stanton's going to have a better year than judge. What do you think about that? So I'm taking the Yankees. I hate the idea of that. Uh, I know. And, and, and listen, and I hate the idea of the Yankees winning you know, the division, but I'm also a realist. So I'm taking the Yankees. You know what? Here's the deal. How about a baseball season where you look at power rankings and third on the list in some of these or fourth on the list, the Tampa Bay Rays. They are. What a story the Rays are. Yep. Can you? It's almost hard to think of another team that has been so unlucky to be in a division with the Yankees and Red Sox. You know, I don't know if anything across sports has happened like that. I'm sure it has. Yeah, that's a like good call. Maybe the Indiana Pacers were with the the Bulls or something. You yeah. know, and they were good. But the Tampa Bay Rays, what they have done in, in at times, and re- especially the last couple of years, to be with the Yankees and the Red Sox and have to compete with that, not only like 19 times a year, yep. but also to try to fight them off for playoff positioning. I think the Rays are good this year. I'm not as high as everybody else is. I think that's a little overboard on the Rays, yep. how good they think they're going to be. I can't go. I mean, listen, the Yankees are going to win the ALEs. Yeah. Especially, I like Aaron Boone, too, as a manager, man. The Yankees don't win big. And I think Aaron Boone's kind of the right guy for the job, too, I don't like the Yankees anything. I I don't bleep with Boone. I'm with you. Wait till I get to the Dodgers. on this show. Spoiler. Wait till I get to the Dodgers. We did the ALEs, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Okay. We'll do the other predictions. Plus, Austin's got some strange predictions coming up, I think, he wants us to bet on. Strange predictions or great awards to hand out, like leadoff player of the year coming up. Cooperstown, get ready. This guy's coming in hot. Robotic Umpire of the Year. Next on ESPN 690. Put it out by Microsoft. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.